five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about branding and segmentation today. <clears throat> Not directly related maybe to mail, but I think it really is. I think it is massively. But first, let's start out with a little fun from J.C. Penney's. Here we go. J.C. Penney is here for you every holiday to make every gift special, every moment matter, and every dollar count. So rock the looks that make a statement. Give the gift that pops the question and cherish the day that feeds your soul. J.C. Penney, make your holidays count. Okay, make your holidays count. That's the J.C. Penney's newest commercial. Hasn't even been out yet, I don't think. I couldn't find it on YouTube. But iSpot TV gives me access to their previews of the commercials. It's funny because if I do watch football or something like that, I'll probably, maybe I'll watch the World Series tonight. Um, then I do see them. I see the ones I've talked about weeks before. It's pretty funny. Uh, but anyway, let's get over to the uh, let's get to the backstory. Here we go. J.C. Penney highlights the joyful and the affordable. Okay, and I think they did a really good job, right? And um, we're going to be talking about segmentation, so I'm going to I'm going to give you an alternative view, and uh, but this is you know a family having fun, using uh, putting up their decorations and playing in their pajamas. It looks like they're playing out in the snow in their pajamas, which is a little odd, but anyway, make it count is a theme that I I, I saw commercials with that title way back in the you know I would say 15 years ago or something. I think that's about when J C Penney dumped the um, massive mistake <laughs> of segmenting a subset of a subset of a subset because <laughs> they thought they could be trendy, right? They hired a guy from Apple, and I was very outspoken at the time, right? Uh, and and the and the Tipping Point book had been fairly recently published, and in there there's a story of hush puppies you probably all know. Hush puppies were the shoes my dad wore. And my dad passed away 25 years ago. So, you know, so these were shoes for the 80s, maybe, or 70s or something. But my dad loved hush puppies, but they were almost on the, they were basically on the verge of bankruptcy. And uh, all of a sudden their sales took off. And I think they're still around today. And they're very, very, very comfortable. They're very nice shoes. I really like the hush puppies. So, their their iconic look was a suede look uh, with a soft sole, uh, you know, perfect for business casual. But anyway, all of a sudden their sales took off and they, and they hired a, de a detective to f try to figure out why. And they traced it back to New York City and then to Greenwich Village. And it turned out uh, two gay guys there were walking down the street and saw him in a in a shoe store and tried them on and said, hey, these are cool and nobody wears them and started a fashion statement. And uh, and everybody agreed they were great shoes and started buying them and started a tra fashion trend. So J.C. JCPenney, uh, the guy from Apple, without really doing much research or asking anybody, decided to dump the typical J.C. JCPenney customer profile, which was pretty much everybody, Everybody can find something at JCPenney. You know, we'd go for maybe some shirts for dad and some pants for the kids or whatever, play clothes for the kids or school clothes and end up with a washing machine. That was kind of how it went at JCPenney. 
or a lawnmower or something. So anyway, uh, that was their positioning prior. And they lost $4 billion in valuation at, at least uh, because they basically offended everybody. <laughs> you know, segmenting one segment excludes other segments. And, oh, by the way, it was a minuscule of a minuscule of a subset. You know, it just didn't make any sense at all in terms of the numbers, right? Whereas JCPenney is targeting the people for the holidays and 52% say they're going to spend $300 or more on the parties. So you notice that they're showing parties, which you don't really think of for JCPenney. And um, they're, 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 they're trying to do fun loving, but frugal. And I think that's just a nice upbeat commercial, but you know, I wanted to, <clears throat> we're going to get to Ritson, so I'm, I'm going to talk about Ritson. But I wanted to just talk about the demographics of America because I see basically the commercials I see make it look like America is mainly is mainly uh, people of color and other races and about 50-50. But it turns out that it's about, and this is not part of the article, Full disclosure, this is from Media Post. I put this in here from U.S. population statistics. So it's about 60-something, 70% white. Uh, you know, you could say about two-thirds white. If you add an Asian, which you surely could. If you add Hispanic to that, which you probably ought to, I would say, uh, then you're really, you know, well over three-quarters white. Or, you know, not as white as me. But, you know, blue eyes and all that. So in addition, if you look at the, at the uh, average income, uh, the white average income is 50% higher than the black average income. So the likelihood of your market being fairly homogeneous and fairly white in America is probably pretty high. That's where we're going to get to with Ritson's point. Okay, so segmentation, hmm. I think what we can say is, is that it doesn't matter that much. And to Ritson's point, because whereas most of the commercials are featuring, right, I would say featuring black, uh, I don't know what you call it in a commercial, you know, the stars of the commercial, oftentimes, I would say the majority right now are black, black families. Uh, so whereas the, the feature of the commercial is, is uh, black, that's not the majority, and it's not doesn't seem to hurt. Okay, so it, it may help. <laughs> you know, if you wanted to think about your customer persona, then almost inevitably, almost no matter what you're selling, it's probably white, Asian, Hispanic as the vast, vast majority, and you know, black too. You know, everybody buys someone. Everybody buys Charmin. <laughs> okay, so. So this is the contrasting marketing position. Uh, this is by Hannah Baller at the or Bowler at the Drum. Can JD Williams' slavish focus on midlife women alleviate awareness modes? And the answer is no. It's dumb. Okay. Uh, and this one is one of their billboard ads. A, a, a middle-aged woman looks fairly sad. Doesn't look happy. And says, feeling more like a girlfriend than a grandma? And it's not a question. 
It's a statement. Feeling more like a girlfriend than a grandma. I hope my wife feels like a girlfriend and a grandma. That's what my hope is. What a great life, you know? To have a girlfriend who's a grandma, that's great. Couldn't be better. <laughs> and grandkids. But anyway, so I'm not knocking that this is, there's truth in this. But it just looks kind of down. And I was going to show the commercial, but it's equally not very inspiring. You know, it, yes, yes, you still have a life. <laughs> I hope so. Make it what you can. Make of it what you can. But it's it's a sub-segment. You know, how many women, even middle-aged women, how many are grandparents? You know, there's just fewer and fewer grandkids around. Uh, the typical family has four grandparents and two grandkids, something like that. You know, in our case, it's three. So it's, well, the other set of grandparents has four <laughs> or no, five. So they're they're a little ahead of us. We still have hope. Uh, and I don't think of J.D. Williams as the most savvy marketers on earth. They were the ones that I can never remember their name, probably with good reason, that after GDPR got going, which is the privacy legislation in Europe, um, J.D. Williams, I have it on first-hand account, decided that they should delete everybody that was older than a 12-month buyer and never mail them again because they were scared of the they were scared of the GDPR legislation, which did not single out or even really mention direct mail. It was really about emails, the, the continuous stream of emails from the dawn of time, if you've ever bought once from anybody. The other mailers in the UK, I got this from Nigel Swaby. <laughs> Call out to Nigel. Hey, Nigel, how are you doing? I hope you watch this. I hope you chime in. Uh, but anyway, Nigel told me that the other mailers in the UK, because I said, you know, is this a disaster for you guys? Are you stopping all catalogs? Because J.D. Williams was probably the biggest catalog retailer in the UK and he said no what we did was we said this is insane we've been mailing these people for 40 years they like to get our mail obviously they repeat by they they've been with us forever you know so the other catalogers got together and went to the to the uh grand inquisitor or whatever there's a funny title for the the, per, the, the people that make these decisions. But they went to the Grand Inquisitor and they said, and they said, hey, our, our customers, this is a ma we're mail order people. They like our catalogs. You know, it shows them stuff, then they buy. And they said, yeah, sure. Okay, you have a compelling interest in mailing. We don't have any problem with that. You know, we just don't like you bothering people. Well, we try our best not to. It costs us a lot of money to mail these things. And so the GDPR people said, no problem. But J.D. Williams had already erased them all and apparently without a backup. So uh, will this work? I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. But uh, but <laughs> they're wrestling with their awareness problem. Okay. Well, their awareness problem is they're not talking to the audience in general. J.D. Williams is a is a kind of a J.C. Penney. Okay. It's got of, of, it's an apartment store. It's a wide variety, right? And they shouldn't be thinking so much about what the brand stands for, right? There wasn't a unified belief in what the brand stood for. You know what? <laughs> Admit it. You try to bring value. You try to curate your 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 items more than Amazon. You know, you you have stuff on the shelf. It's there for you. Prices are good. Good value. 
make the best of life. You know, I, I tried to show this commercial and it was so dumb, I couldn't even believe it. It's a lady jumping around in front of flowers. That was from 2017. I did have queued up the, the, the real one, but they said people aren't focusing on 45 to 65 year old women. <laughs> right? Uh, Stone pointed to Marks and Spencer. I have a sweater from Marks and Spencer from the 70s that I love. <laughs> And next is having previously been associated with midlife, but said that their approaches almost shackled these brands to per, to a perception of fuddy-duddiness. Absolutely right. It almost neg- negated their appeal to a lot of women who thought, I don't want to shop there because I associate it with corduroy trousers and sensible jumpers. Luckily for luckily for J.D. Williams, it's not that they're going to make the same mistake. Those other brands have become generalists and said, we have something for everybody, deciding to pursue younger audiences and anybody else that would come in the store. <laughs> That's been manna for heaven for us. Yeah, okay. Good luck for, good luck for not being fuddy-duddy because you're going to get, you're, yeah, you're going against human nature. So now let's get to Ritson because he always sums it up really excellently. Okay, this is actually written by Chris Sutliff. But it's Sutcliffe, but it's from a speech that Mark gave. And this is a beautiful illustration. We're trying, instead of going after the big one, we're trying to go after the little one. And hopefully no one else notices and will make up the difference. You can't make up the difference, right? And that's what the, that's what the, uh, what the e-commerce people are learning. They're learning that if you, if you, if you target highly segmented audience, you run out of audience, and you, a lot of times you waste your money because it's more expensive. Okay, there are three areas where the marketing industry is spending too much time and energy. And the first is segmentation. Okay, Mark says most of the segmentation is pointless. Okay, marketers are looking for differences in their market because people told you you should. And ultimately, if you step back, it's pretty much all the same, right? Differences don't really do anything. And that's what I found in 25 years of modeling, right? In 25 years of modeling, all the quirky differences that the machine learning finds, most of them don't amount to a hill of beans. It's mostly RFM. And then somewhat, what product categories did you buy in? And if we don't know anything else, we can probably get some lift out of geodemographics, but usually... You know, because most e-commerce companies are selling things you don't really need and are overpriced. (laughs) Mostly, it's higher income neighborhoods, right? Mostly boils down to that, okay? And much more than that, and your segmentation is pointless. And I can guarantee you, and I'd be happy to talk with you about it. Now, if you're in a small town and you advertise in the small town, it makes tons of sense. That's not a segment. You're advertising to everybody, right? Okay, the best ad for one audience is the best ad for all audiences. And that's what Mark has to say. And it runs against 50 years of marketing. And we'll put thinking should be in in quotes because I don't think there is much. It's pretty much herd mentality. And it came out of the direct marketing industry because we told everybody, I was there back in the late 70s when we were doing the segmentation with Farm Journal. And we and they they figured out that hog farmers and and wheat farmers were very different, which is true. And so they could make more money on advertising by segmenting the market. But if you're selling tractors, you're selling them to both, probably, right? Right? Okay. And a lot of other things on a farm. You know, if you're selling generators, the hog farmer and the 
and the wheat farmer is using generators. And you know what? You're probably paying more because you got to buy two segments instead of buying the whole uh, the, the whole magazine. But probably you're still able to do that. Okay. So 90% of our of the time, our segmentation isn't fit for our purpose. And this is an excellent, excellent article. It'll be featured on WDMA. But what does that mean to you? And what does that mean to me? What it means is, is that for all the work we did, I mean, we worked for musicians, friend, after we had the database and after we were making money with it because we were doing a better RFM, basically, with the machine learning and with some product consciousness, wasn't a lot, but it was some, they decided that they were going to sell ads to the drum companies and sell ads to the guitar companies. And they actually sold, I think, $5 million worth of ads, which is not insignificant, right? And uh, so we did a drum segment, a drum sub catalog, and we did a guitar. We did a beginner guitar catalog. We did a, we did a rock and roll. You know, we found segments of business to business within their, within their cat, within their customer file. We we found some segments that made some sense. But what we never could get to work was the drummers. When you mailed them the drum catalog, would buy guitars, beginning guitars. <laughs> They would be interested because it had a drummer on the cover, and they and we did do better, but it was so much more work. It probably cost more than the five million, and it was shorter run lengths. It was a lot of shorter little run lengths, so it was more work for the printer, more expensive, right? And at the end, we found out it didn't really work. I mean, it worked and it didn't work. It, yes, it worked, but it wasn't worth the trouble. And so we went back to the big catalog, right? <laughs> Now, if it's seasonal, like Cabela's, then it made sense to go around the clock. You know, each season got its own little special edition, and it made it look new, and, you know, it was outside wrap, and it wasn't a big deal. But uh, there's ways to do it easier. But the bottom line was, even when we knew there were geodemographic differences, when there really were differences between drummers and guitar players, it still wasn't worth the trouble of a different message to each of them, okay? That's what I'm trying to say. And it really annoys me that the printing industry, you know, Quad just shut down their, their longer run offset plant in Effingham. And they're going to move it to Milwaukee, so it's probably better for Wisconsin. But, you know, everybody keeps selling this. We can find the three people that will buy for sure. You can't grow like that. Western Publishing, their, their accounting department, their CFO said, you know, they used to send the books and then try to get the money. And the CFO said, you know, I bet our bad debt is is related to neighborhoods. I'm not going to say what. I'm just going to say there was a, a strong correlation. 20% of the zip codes they mailed had 80% of the bad debt. So they said, well, let's cut out 20% of these zip codes. It won't cut circulation that much. And we'll have fewer losses of the free books. They didn't cost that much, but that's the way they said. And it worked so well, they did it again. But when they did it the third time, the, the circulation people quit. Don Buck, a friend of mine, had worked there. He said, I could see the handwriting on the wall. And the, I think they were at the time the largest book publisher in America. You know, it was little golden books and other things like that. And they went under because their overhead got too big because they tried to segment them their way. And it was about bad debt they could have done it differently but they tried to cut their way to higher profitability and it just doesn't work 
okay so if you want to grow and you've been an e-commerce company try mailing because you can mail more and if you don't know how to mail more if you've tapped out and your growth has stopped as a cataloger get in touch with me because that's my career my career has been explosive growth in medium-sized catalog companies we took a division of adobe from 25 million to 50 million in six months it was mainly by understanding their market a little better and mailing more not less right and the revenue per piece went up about 75 percent and that made real money so they sold the company and i got fired but anyway that no <laughs> that often happens we launch them and then it and that's good we work ourselves out of a job. So have a great day. Like and share. I'd love to hear your comments. Let's ditch this segmentation. Let's get back to some long runs where we can really figure out what's going on. And if you've been, if you're in a rut with, you, you know, your, your costs keep going up in e-commerce and in digital, try mail. And we can always mail more. Have a great day. Bye-bye.